Second scripture reading comes to us from Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, you can find it in your pew Bibles on page 1374. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and all kinds of musics, all the peoples, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harps, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold, and that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. The Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, and he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army 
to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other cloths, were, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied up, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. And the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces, and their houses be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. These are the words of the Most High God. May they produce faith in all who hear them. In May of 2016, Newman Masi, a 14-year-old Pakistani boy, was walking to a tailor shop where he was studying as an apprentice. He was approached by two men on the way, and they asked him if he was a Christian. Truthfully, he answered yes. Upon hearing this, the two men then beat the boy. They doused his body in kerosene and lit him on fire. Over 50% of Newman's body was burned. And though he was treated by the doctors, the hospital that he went to, it wasn't equipped properly for burn treatment. And Newman died shortly after How should God's faithful act in a faithless world? When a society or a culture becomes violent against the gospel message, how does a believer in God stand firm in their faith? In Pakistan, Christians are a minority, and persecution of the church is very common. This 14-year-old boy, Newman, he knew the danger of proclaiming Jesus as Lord. Yet he did not compromise his faith, and it led to his death. In our passage today, we read a similar story 
about three Jews, they faced a similar situation. You see, King Nebuchadnezzar, he set up this golden statue in the plains of Dura, and he wanted everyone to worship that statue. The text doesn't tell us what the image was of. Some theologians argue, well, because of his dream, Nebuchadnezzar made a statue of himself. And some argue, well, he probably made a statue of his god, Nabu, whom he was named after. It doesn't really matter what the statue was of. The important thing to know is that it was a false god. And the, the king, he desired all who were loyal to him to worship it. In verse 2, we see that there were specific groups of people who were invited to this dedication ceremony. The satraps, the prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials. In essence, what Nebuchadnezzar was doing is he wanted his government officials, he wanted to maintain control over them as he maintained control over his kingdom. This bowing to this image of gold was an act of loyalty to Nebuchadnezzar. And look at his decree in verse, verses 4 through 6. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you are commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harps, pipes, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship it will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. From verse 4, we, we learn that these officials were from many different nations and many different languages. The Jews were not the only ones taken captive by the Babylonians. People from many tribes, many tongues, many nations were forced into the service of King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, the majority of these people would have had theolog theological convictions that were henotheistic. In other words, while they would worship one particular god, they did believe in many gods and were not opposed to worshiping other gods. So, for, for the most part, for most of these people, this decree by the king, it wasn't that harsh in the fact that they had no problem worshiping another god. So bowing to this God did not compromise their worship of their own gods. And this, the punishment was so severe that it's no surprise that we see in verse 7 that these people did not hesitate to prostrate themselves before the golden image. I mean, not bowing to the king's idol meant certain death. And from the prophet Jeremiah, we know that Nebuchadnezzar dealt out such harsh punishments before. He had, he had thrown both Zedekiah and Ahab into the fire. This was not a king to be trifled with. He had done such things before, and he would have no qualms about doing it now. Yet for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, this command it caused them great, great trouble. You see, Jews are monotheistic. In other words, they believe in and worship only one God. In fact, the very first commandment of their God, 
that God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai expresses this very matter. Exodus 20, verses 1 through 6. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. To bow down to this idol was to commit treason against Yahweh, the God of the Jews. How would these men react? How would you react if you were in their shoes? There's really only four choices that someone can make here. First, they could have just bowed down to the idol. They could have become idolaters. And in doing so, they would have perverted their own faith. Second, they could have kind of worked it out in their mind, some type of compromise. They could have compromised their faith by, by physically bowing down, yet saying in their hearts, oh, I don't really mean it, God. Third, they could try to conceal their faith and avoid being publicly seen. Finally, they could be bold in their faith and make it known to all that they would not bow down to this idol. What did they do? Look at verse 8. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to the king, they said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harps, pipes, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, O king. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. So from this context, we see that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego either tried to conceal their faith or they were bold in their faith. Or perhaps somewhere in the middle. With all the people present, it would have been hard to hide themselves, particularly if they are the only ones that are not bowing down to this image. Whatever the case, they remained true to their God, and they did not worship the idol. Sure, they could have, they could have prostrated themselves and rationalized such idolatry away by telling themselves things like, well, we're, we're only bowing down. We're not really worshiping. Or we'll, we'll just sin this one time and ask God for forgiveness. I mean, he's a merciful God after all, right? Or how about this? We have a responsibility to the king, and God would want us to do this. Or we should be grateful to the king. He has promoted us to such a high position in his country. Or how about this one? Well, this is it's just a custom of the people. It's not really a religious act. 
Okay, I like this one. At least we're not as bad as our relatives back in Judah who bowed down to idols without even being forced. We're not that bad. When the pressure is upon us, it's easy for us to rationalize away God's word, is it not? It's easy for us to tell ourselves lies rather than holding firm to what we know to be true. Our three Jewish friends here, they chose not to disobey God's word. And now their enemies have brought forth charges to the king, accusing them of treason. And whatever the motives of these astrologers were, they have gone to Nebuchadnezzar and put forth the claim that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have sinned against the king's command. Let's see how the king responds. Verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? As we see, the king is not happy at all, is he? He's furious, full of rage. He has wrath towards these three. Yet in the past, he found favor for these three. And he does desire to give them a second chance. But this will be their last chance. If they do not bow down, they will be thrown into the fire immediately. And what does the king say? Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand. Nebuchadnezzar has thrown down the gauntlet. He believes his power is so sufficient that even the gods could not overturn his decree. I don't know if you remember, but this harkens back to our scripture reading in Deuteronomy. Look at Deuteronomy verse Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 39. See now that I myself am he. There is no God beside me. I put to death, and I bring to life. I have wounded, and I will heal. And no one can deliver out of my hand. Nebuchadnezzar thinks he has the power to deal out death. There's no God that can stand in his way. Yet the God of Israel has something else to say about this. Yahweh is the one who puts to death. And he is the one who brings to life. He is the one who wounds. And he is the one who heals. No one, doesn't matter whether God or king can deliver out of his hand. This is a God that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego serve. They knew these truths. They grew up studying the scriptures. So they are bold in their response to the king. Verse 16. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. They understand that God is in control, and Nebuchadnezzar is not. Their fate would be decided by Yahweh, not this Babylonian king. God is powerful enough to save them. But would he? There is still that tension that is there. God, he, he doesn't promise us rescue from every evil in this life. Newman, that Pakistani boy who was burned by two men, he was just as faithful as these three Jews. But God chose not to spare his life. You see, Daniel, he doesn't write this story as if it's a prescription for how things should go when we are persecuted. Sometimes the faithful live, and sometimes the faithful suffer and die. These three, these three Jews, they, they trust in God, yet they do not know if they will live or if they will die. They do not know if God will rescue them. God could let them burn in the fire, and God would still be a good God. This is the posture of true faith, knowing that God is good despite what our circumstances may declare. Well, Nebuchadnezzar, his face changes towards these three, and he ordered that the furnace be heated seven times hotter. It was so hot that the soldiers who tossed them in died from the flames. In the ancient Near East, they, they used these large kilns. Kilns, they were, they were for smelting metals and materials. Um, and they were made of bricks, typically a dome shape with a, with a hole at the top for air to, air to come out. And they were heated by using large amounts of wood and charcoal. <clears throat> and they, they would implement these large fans to, to increase the oxygen intake. And sometimes the temperatures could get as hot as 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. Now the holes at the top of these kilns, if it was a large enough kiln, you, you could throw a man inside. And, and there was a door at the bottom that was used to, to put in the charcoal and the wood. So the king would have seen what was going on if he looked through that door. What did Nebuchadnezzar see? Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, O king. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. The God of the Jews, have, he has delivered these three from the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, personally, 
I like to think that the fourth person in there is Jesus. I like to think that Jesus went into the fire with them. But I can't prove it from the text, and so I'll just leave it as it is. But whether it was Jesus or whether it was an angel, we do know that it was God's hand that covered them. He puts to death, and he brings to life. He wounds, and he heals. The ropes that bound these men, they were no more. And they were walking around freely within the blazing furnace. They were unbound, and they were unharmed. Verse 26. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. God has humbled this great king. This king who thought that no no God could thwart his judgment. Yet now, to Nebuchadnezzar, Yahweh has now become the most high God. Yet the king wasn't the only one humbled, was he? All these officials witnessed this very event. They witnessed the saving power of the God of the Jews. Not only were the bodies of these three men rescued, but their clothes were unaffected as well. And they didn't even smell like fire or smoke. You see, God, when he rescues, his rescue is a complete rescue. And from this, a new decree comes from the mouth of the king. Verse 28. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. Throughout the kingdom of Babylon, the name of Yahweh will be honored and respected. His name will not be blasphemed by anyone under penalty of death. For no other God can save in this way. Now don't get me wrong. Nebuchadnezzar is still not a true believer. He is still henotheistic in his beliefs. He still worships many gods. Yet God is working on this man's heart. And in the irony of all ironies, This king who tried to force worship on a golden statue that that he created now ends up freely worshiping the God of the Jews. This story can teach us many things. First, there is only one God, and he has the power to save. Second, 
in a world that is violent towards true faith, true faith in Jesus, God calls his people to stand firm in their beliefs, even to the point of death. Yet most importantly, Daniel chapter 3, it paints a picture of our own situation. You do live in a world that is hostile towards faith in Jesus. And you do have enemies, both physical and spiritual, that want to see your demise. Just as the astrologers accused Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego of transgressing the king's command, so does Satan accuse you before God. These three Jews, they were guilty, and so are you. The punishment for their transgression was to be bound up and thrown into the furnace. And you too have been bound by your sins. And the punishment for you is a lake of fire, hotter than any kiln Nebuchadnezzar could devise. Yet Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had faith in the true God. And they were saved by God's mercy and grace. And it is only through faith in Christ that you can be released from the bondage of your sins and rescued from the flames of hell. God was with these three when they went into the fire and they were rescued. Yet God was also with that boy, Newman. Only he allowed him to suffer a martyr's death. True faith in God does not guarantee rescue from suffering and death in this life. But God does promise to suffer alongside his persecuted bride. He goes into the flames with us. He protects our spirits for his greater purpose. And there will come a day when Christ will return and the dead will be raised. Those martyrs will be raised. That little boy, Newman, he will be raised. Those who trust in Jesus, they will not suffer for their sins in the lake of fire. If you trust in Christ, you will not suffer. You will no longer be trapped by your sins. You will be unbound and unharmed. For no other God can save in this way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for ministering to our hearts this morning. Only you can rescue us from our sins. Give us eyes of faith that we might see your beauty, that we might catch a glimpse of your precious son who suffered on the cross for our sins. Renew our hearts by the work of your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.